0: We got some people hanging out in the comments already, so 11 people are waiting. So that, <laughs> that this this is going to be a good one. I, I'm actually we've how long have we had this planned, like a month, like, month and a half or so about that? Yeah, yeah. We,
1: talk, we spoke when I was driving to Origins, which was right about a month ago.
0: It, it, it is interesting to me that I will say the vast majority of specifically IP attorneys that I know are also turbo geeks. Which makes this entire thing so much more fun for me because it's like, you're, you're one of us. You just don't know. You just don't know about this tech yet. And I have a feeling you're going to have a 3d printer in the next six months. (laughs) And maybe because you're just pissed at the, at the terms of service, who knows? (laughs) <laughs> but everyone welcome to the making uh, making awesome podcast is season two episode 44 i am here hanging out with seth polanski he is an ip attorney but i don't want to go too far without letting him introduce himself so seth give us the backstreet boys the who you are the where you from the what you did and as long as you love me attorney
1: i gotta make I sure i mute to you because go i'm gonna watch this people. live
0: a... <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah i'm like i can hear myself
1: <laughs> there we go i just want to watch the chat is what i want to watch okay Hi, my name is seth polanski i'm some guy they found on the street who just happens to know intellectual property law i've been doing this for about 20 years uh i make independent movies with my wife and my partners uh i run a magic the gathering live stream i've run a DD live stream i play in a bunch of them uh I don't know. Uh, make all the Buckaroo Bonsai jokes you want. So
0: I'm I'm down with that. I'm absolutely down with that. Well, it, can you go into a little bit of your legal experience as well?
1: Sure. All right. So for the last 20 years, I have been uh doing all kinds of crazy intellectual property contracts and corporate law. My practice is split about 50-50 right now between illustrators, creatives, people who work on games like Magic the <laughs> Gathering and a lot of tabletop games. Um, people who do book covers and government contractors, because I live in Washington, the Washington DC area, right? And as a baby attorney, I spent a lot of time, I worked for the State Department, I worked for big, big GovCon, uh, CSC, Lockheed, you know, those kinds of companies. And uh, it's funny, when I, was, when I was in law school, I thought I wanted to be an entertainment attorney. I swore up and down, I'm gonna be an entertainment attorney. You know what it turns out I wanted to be was a contracts attorney, because the entire industry, uh, entertainment law, intellectual property—it all runs on licensing, um, appearance re- releases, you know, contracts for whatever have you. Literally, everything runs on contracts. So, turns out that's what I wanted to be. So, I became a contracts and IP attorney. What do you do with that? In, if you live in Washington D.C., you work for big gov cons, and it's taken me 20 years to sort of build up a practice where I could leave working in house for these big companies and run my own practice and take on the clients I like to take on uh, mostly friends that I made while I was at BigGovCon you know all those project managers they all went out and started companies
0: <laughs> that right? that is what I see with 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 government contracting work when when they leave they just kind of start their own thing and very quietly and yeah.
1: why yeah. can't I bid on this big contract hey I could do this I got three buddies we could all bid on
0: this and yeah i don't need to work for anybody else that's how it works (laughs) oh gotta love government work uh it it is either a ton of fun if you know the right people or it is atrocious if you don't um that's my personal experience with 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 contracting so all right what is what is then your your preferred type of contracts to deal with is it the licensing or are there ones you just hate even talking about telecom okay that's fair (laughs)
1: yeah telecom and banking they are the most rapacious awful if you think entertainment industry contracts are bad telecom and banking are are the worst because they're functionally monopolies
0: right like there's they're oligopolies sir yes yes, um my my dad just sent me a message and asked if you've ever worked with any students from ringling college and university he's a he works over there now. We had a Father's Day episode talked about. No, his I haven't. But okay. that sounds
1: interesting. Yeah. I will happily work with folks from from uh from there. But wait, where is that, by the way?
0: Sarasota, Florida. It is not okay. the circus. That's Ringling Brothers and Barnum <laughs> Bailey. Now not called that anymore. But right. Ringling College, not a clown college. It is art, which. <laughs> depending on who you ask could also be a clown college. I, I, the amount of art and amazing things that come out of there are just absolutely insane. All right, cool. Um, yeah. Really, really cool people. But I do want to give a shout out to mad cat USA. He is the reason that we got together. He's like, I got a guy I want you to talk to for, for, for an IP episode. And he sent me your information he said, I don't know too much about him other than he's a really cool guy. Here's his YouTube channel. Just watch it. And I spent like two minutes watching one of your streams. I'm like, Yep. Yep. He'll be cool. He's one of us.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So let's talk. Tell me what's the first question. Where do you want to
0: start with all this? Uh, I'll I'll go anywhere you guys want to go. Well, I I think the big thing to kind of start with before we start really digging into the nitty gritty is. What is intellectual property law and why the hell does it matter? (laughs)
1: All right. Look, so intellectual property law is just like any other type. Intellectual property itself is just like any other type of property, except it refers to property of the mind, right? Like books, games, TV shows. There's so many things that are intellectual property. It is just, it is a type of property that is not physical. That's the easiest way to think about it. Um, Does that make sense? Yep. Uh, And most of the time, the way people monetize intellectual property is with a contract. So, I mean, right? How do you, you can't just say, if I wanna buy a widget from you, I pick up the widget and I hand it to you. Well, if you wanna get some intellectual property from someone, what do you do, right? You have to write down first what the intellectual property is that you're buying or licensing from somebody else. And then you have to execute that contract that explains I've bought this thing or I've licensed this thing and I can now use this thing and how much money you paid for it, either in a lump sum or sliding scale or royalties or whatever. That is in a nutshell, (laughs) Right, how you what intellectual property is and how you would acquire it. That was wow. That was really really nutshell.
0: Yeah, no, that's actually one of the better explanations that I've heard of it. We we deal with IP a lot. I have like five or six IP attorneys that we work with on a regular basis. uh, That is, and every one of them has a different thought behind it a a different idea of of what it means but that that's probably one of the better ones um also thank you russ for the twenty dollar super chat i appreciate it It says it's for the east coast rep rap festival fund uh we are going to be going up to maryland in october for the east coast rep rap festival which is going to be filled with a bunch of uh geeks like me and russ and the people hanging out in the chat we're going to talk about 3d printing together it's weird but it's fun. (laughs) Um,
1: We're in Maryland, by the way, because I am actually coming to you live from Maryland.
0: That's a great question. I have no clue. Let me find out. (laughs) Cause that, that's not something that I immediately know. Uh, Let's see. East coast rep rep festival is. Bel air. It's at the um, Hartford community college, Hartford, Hartford. I know exactly
1: where that is. It's, very close to my home
0: well then you should come and hang out with us
1: I may indeed
0: <laughs> come see all the other geeks that are gonna be there and the big thing with the 3d printing industry is open source all the things right the machines you see behind me fully open source to the point of you can build it you the, the BOM is just out there every nut bolt wire it's there all the files to make the printer so yes you can 3d print a 3d printer with an open source, you can like have it self-replicate. That was the idea behind the RepRap project to begin with. So why not just open source everything? Like why why do we need IP when open source clearly has no downsides whatsoever?
1: Because capitalists got to (laughs) capitalize. That's that's the world we live in, man. Like because capitalism, that's why, that's that's the answer. I mean, my, my bigger question is, right? Who's supporting those? Because you are your own maintenance at that point.
0: Yeah. And we so we've <laughs> seen this recently with E3D is probably the biggest company out there when it comes to uh, materials or accessories for 3D printers. They make the business end. This is an E3D hot end. Uh, think of it like the business end of a hot glue gun, just a very, very tiny nozzle, right? 0. 0.4 millimeter nozzle, heat the piss out of it, push through what looks like weed whacker line a la duct tape it to an Etch-A-Sketch, you got yourself a 3D printer. Um, they were fully open source from the beginning. With their recent uh, system, the, Re- the Revo, they have gone closed-source. They left some parts of it open-source, but everything else was closed-source. And their big reasoning behind it was because these clones that were coming out, of, out there were pulling so much money away from them that they would not physically be able to survive without having some sort of intellectual property protection. But that still brings up the problem of how the hell do you protect it once you have it? Because getting a patent, getting a trademark, getting a copyright, those are, for all intents and purposes, the easy part. The hard part is defending them. Because what is to stop a company from stealing my IP and then just reproducing it or stealing E3D's IP and just reproducing it.
1: Have you heard of a country called China?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, literally this, this is a clone of this. Yep. They look other than color, functionally identical. They perform functionally identical. This is $130. This was 20
1: yeah i have a fun story let me share my my story with you and it will explain my point yep so i had a client uh who i have a client who does a harry potter larp and it was becoming very very or sorry harry potter convention at which they did larps and other things right so it was becoming popular they got a cease and desist from warner yeah and the cease and desists uh posited that they owned every expression of the word potter as it relates to magic now, after having a conversation Did with the they? attorney on the other side, right? After having a conversation with the attorney on the other side, we had, you know, I said, no, we're not going to stop doing our, our convention. Oh, 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 yes, I will stop my client. They were using the the Warner Brothers the the um font. It's like, no, 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 folks, you cannot do that.
0: Yeah, no, you can't do that.
1: Yeah. But at the end of the call, and here's why this is important to our conversation. At the end of the call, I congratulated the attorney on the other side uh, with regard to the Harry Potter pop-up bar that was was about to open in D.C. that weekend. And you could hear the sigh of long-suffering through the phone when she said, <laughs> can you send me that link, please? Oh, no. So Warner can't even stop this. How yeah. are we, you know small businesses, even middle-sized businesses supposed to stop that,
0: right? Well, and e- even makers, right? So E3D is a pretty substantial business, right? They, they have dozens of employees. When you're looking at an individual, um, Neil, who makes uh, the printer mates, they're caricatures of 3D printers that you print on a 3D printer and then add the parts to your... It's a thing. This whole industry is just full of inceptions that are just funny um his big thing is like what if people copy what i do how am i supposed to protect it and that is complicated to say the least it because creative commons doesn't th- 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 as far as we're aware there's no creative commons is just a suggestion like other than a dmca takedown there's really nothing you can do is is, is that true Well, i
1: mean it's still breach of contract A creative commons license is still a license
0: but unless neil wants to lawyer up at a significant expense you're 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 throwing rocks at a brick wall right
1: that's the only way to really protect yeah dmc
0: dmc takedowns are
1: actually more effective than you think but other than that now like you've got a lawyer up you're not going to get you're not going to get any, any relief. And you're certainly not going to get any relief in certain countries where they are infringing your intellectual property. China is just a black hole of IP. There's just, just no way.
0: And Creality I, Cloud is, is kind of the, the biggest yeah. one. So we have same old Shane is hanging out in here. Fotis, Mint, Repcord, every, these are all people, uh, Brian Vines in here as well. Every, every one of these people have talked about Creality Cloud and what they're doing, um, And Thangs, actually, a U.S. company just had the same exact problem. They connected your user account to your 3D printer. So anytime you sent a print to the printer, it would post that file for free online. And if this was a file that you paid for, let's say it's Admiral Akbar, and it's a trap. Well, now Admiral Akbar is, is out there in the open for all people. We're going to get into fan art later. We're, we're going <laughs> to talk about fan art later. Um, but it, 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 what what the hell are creators supposed to do? Because Creality, um, I, I don't know if their name gave it away. They are not U.S.-based. They are Chinese-based. And there were two versions of the Creality Cloud website. The U.S. version and the Chinese version. The Chinese version was just... Open season. Open freaking season. The U.S. version, they kind of started to take things down, but they were taking down like a dozen things a day while Shane and others were presenting them with hundreds of models per day that were violating just a small portion that we could find.
1: I, I don't even see a privacy policy or terms of service on the Chinese website. So,
0: Are you surprised? <laughs>
1: That that in itself is is in violation of so many international. Here's the point, though, right? Like international law is not a thing. International law is just do you do I agree that the laws of another country might allow me to get dragged into court. So there is
0: really no such thing. So that said, uh, yeah, this is crazy. (laughs) They they were the worst. Thangs, it just happened earlier this week where uh, Thangs was allowing you to back up your model folder to their website. But the default privacy was public, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So like, our, our, the the solution that we had come up with for Creality Cloud was just start uploading not safe for work content until their um, their yeah, well, domain host dead. takes them down for <laughs> uh, adult content. Yeah. Of course, that didn't work. We there was not enough people that were willing to go through that um, struggle. Uh, Because there were quite a few already not safe at work stuff because people print the dumbest crap. 3D printing is not body safe. Please don't do that. Go, just go. Please don't do that, people. Please. Um, And with Thangs, they responded pretty quickly, but it was still a few hours that there were thousands of these models that are very expensive, right? Models that cost hundreds of dollars. Open, able to be downloaded. Now, Thanks is a U.S. company, so that was very much an oopsie, and they fixed it. But in those few hours, their damage is done, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you got to read their terms of service. You know, as long as they discover it quickly, fix it expeditiously, they're probably all right. You know, it's, it's look, we, we're running a business. We made a mistake. It's an honest mistake, we, yeah. You know, but it's got to be written in there. It's not, there's no honest mistake under law but i'm sure if unless they're idiots it's in their terms of service right
0: i i reached out to my contact and i got a very similar sigh back from them <laughs> uh because clearly that was their entire life at that at this time and they just had no desire to to deal with it um which is which is fine yeah yeah
1: I mean, we're going to come back. We're going to come back a lot of times during this discussion to capitalism is the is the freaking problem. Yeah. Right. Because even D- DMCA stuff, everything is set up to benefit large corporations, right? Of course. Have, yeah. have, you, have, you, have you had experience with takedowns? Yes, I have. Have you had experience with asking someone to take your stuff down? I have. Yes. Yep. And have has anyone ever come back and said, no, I own it?
0: Uh, we had one person try that. The hardest thing about DMCA... And this, I'm specifically talking about a very, a friend of mine, their name they go by is Billy Rubin. For Billy to make a DMCA takedown requires her to give her legal name, legal address, private email as part of the request. And for those that want to remain anonymous, DMCA is functionally not possible.
1: Well, and it gets even worse than that. So if the person comes back or the entity comes back and says, no, it's mine. The host has no obligation whatsoever yep. to take any further action until you produce a lawsuit against that party, right? So, how are individual makers? What are they going to do? Are they going to file ten lawsuits a month? That's that's ruinous. There's no there's no way you can afford that.
0: Yeah, and, and it, that's
1: assuming the other party gave the actual correct address information, <laughs> and you can track them down to file a lawsuit
0: against them. Yep, yep. So, it happens every now and then on YouTube where it's the content ID will tell us, Hey, this person took your content and repurposed it. And i look at it and say, do I care? Is it worth the fight? Like, like I live in Florida. So everything is public, right? Quite literally everything like my, my corporate filing is all public who you vote, your voter preferences are all public. And there's one dude that keeps the voter preference website alive Literally just to spite people, um, wow. it's why Florida Man is a thing. It's the Sunshine Law. Sunshine laws are all kind of part, uh, a part and parcel to that. So like, privacy in Florida is pretty much not not worth it. I've literally had people show up outside my door on a stream before, and freak me the wow. ever loving hell out. Don't do that, please. Don't yeah, show please me people's doors, do, do especially There's, in Florida. Yeah.
1: <laughs> There's this thing called stalking, and there actually are some decent laws around that. So please. <laughs>
0: Yes, there are. And this whole industry was kind of founded on giving the middle finger to everything about closed source. Stratasys was the company that kind of closed sourced everything. Their patents were incredibly specific, but vague enough that they kept makers from being able to put, like, heaters inside of their chambers. That's why you see affordable printers are not enclosed. They're open. Um, And that is... uh, a little bit weird when you look at adding a chamber heater up until a couple of years ago that was fully patented that kind of thing is what has rubbed makers the wrong way companies like slice engineering they came out with a fully locked down audit right every bit of it was locked down and they got the hell beaten out of them because the industry wasn't ready for it but it appears that we need to go down this path of we can't open source everything and expect the bad actors to act appropriately
1: i mean there's so many there's there's from a meta perspective right it, it, i'm going to say something that that you might find surprising from a meta perspective from a global perspective right current intellectual property law is racist it is classist it is can you why would we ever expect any developing nation to respect intellectual property law when you know we developed it all there's nothing left for them to create how are they supposed to join us Yeah. how are they supposed to develop their country without the use of this intellectual property that is all the property of very large corporations in predominantly white countries like it, patent law is is it's kind not of bullshit. as T as trademark and copyright law but still pretty crappy yeah. from a holistic global perspective, right? Yep. And what you guys are saying is the same argument that people in the legal community are are making about patent law and how it applies to developing nations, right? Like we, we the law only exists to serve wealthy individuals and corporations. And that's just a fact. Yep. So you guys are tilting at windmills and, you know, more power <laughs> to you and I'll do what I can to help. But at the end of the day, you know, you are setting up across the field in your, in your, you know, with your mounted cavalry from a whole bunch of mechs and tanks, like that's what you're doing. Yep. So it's, it's rough. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting time to be a, it is an
0: interesting time to be an IP attorney. So it is (laughs) a good friend of mine. You will probably know who he is. Josh Malone probably the largest david versus goliath case ever over 20 million dollars of legal fees were spent to fight against a company that was very clearly copying him and while he won he didn't actually win they still allowed they still so those that don't know he invented zuru bunches of balloons a thing you hook up to your water hose it fills like 60 balloons and ties them off for you yeah that's him and telebrands which is the company that is behind as seen on tv straight stole it like didn't even try to go around it they just straight stole it they likely got one of his old molds um and just straight stole it and they just kept fighting and fighting and fighting hoping that they could run him dry right because individual very little capital big company money to blow and eventually mtg
1: is me by the way coven mtg is me on on
0: (laughs) that's the okay okay when you see that that's me yeah you're fine I, I was gonna, I was gonna get to, to, to pooch is, is the owner of RepCore. I was gonna get to his comment in a bit as well um but yeah it, right, it okay. is it, it, Josh spent years and ultimately it went as high as it goes I guess this was Supreme Court I have no clue it went high as hell and they basically said yeah no they stole from you but it would be a massively damaging thing for us to stop them from producing it it would cause them way too much losses so we're going to allow them to continue to produce a competitive product but they're just going to have to pay you a royalty fee which is precisely the failure of the uh, of the USPTO and the system behind it so josh is now lobbying so he he's up in dc lobbying for protection of the little guy
1: i more again more power to him i I wish him all the success in the world. Yeah. And you can take from that statement, what, 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 whatever you want to take.
0: <laughs> exactly. A, a pooch from RepCore saying, the burden of defense is exactly why it seems either trade secret or just complete resignation to having ideas copied and just innovating faster than clones can keep up. I totally agree. Um, we you are... can innovate as fast as you want and
1: they're going to steal even faster. That's, that's the really defeatist side talking, but I mean, it's it sucks. Wrong.
0: It's not wrong. Um, I'd also like to point out that Seth has what is ostensibly the best recording setup we've ever had as a guest. <laughs> Seth, would you like to go through what you're using right now for your microphone and setup? Sure.
1: I've got a Neumann mic in front of me. I've got a Focusrite Red 7, uh, under the desk there. So I am, I am coming to you live from David Bowie's recording chain.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So normally I'm the one with a nice mic, but you know,
1: I, someone, so it, someone an has an to do engineer. it engineer. Audio engineer for most of my career. Uh, Here, I'll I'll plug some of my other projects. Please. So my wife and I make indie films. If any of you are nerds like us, uh, I suspect everyone watching is. We made a movie a couple of years ago called Eye of the Beholder, The Art of Dungeons and Dragons. It is on Amazon. And uh, I did all the audio mixing for that movie location post-production. But it is an hour and a half love fest if you like fantasy art and you've ever been or are thinking about being a Dungeons and Dragons player. So that, uh, and I did all the audio for that. We are, we have just, this weekend, we did our last shoot with Sheldon Mennery for uh, our Magic the Gathering documentary that is going to be kickstarting for post-production starting next month. And that is going to be called Igniting the Spark, the story of Magic the Gathering. I've done all the location audio for that. I will be doing all the post-production audio for that. So uh, I've been an audio guy forever, forever and ever in a day. So there's no reason why I should not have an amazing recording chain out right here.
0: In <laughs> I think we've had one or two other people with studio microphones, but never, never a, a multi-thousand-dollar microphone going through a multi-thousand-dollar processor and all of that. So yeah, yeah, no, but I, I that shows kind of the amount of dams you give, right? You, you are not only passionate about your personal projects, but you're passionate kind of about most things in life. And that bleeds over to makers as well. We are incredibly passionate about what we do. I've been talking about a personal product that I'm going to be releasing called the politician because it filters and produces hot air for those that couldn't figure out why I've called it the politician. It's a filter and heater combination for chambers for, for, for printers and I'm calling it the politician. I figure that makes sense to talk about this. Now I'm fully closed sourcing it, trade secret, everything files will never be released, but I have a feeling we'll see copies within three to four months.
1: Are you trademarking the politician? I'm looking it up right now.
0: No, I haven't done any of that.
1: U S P T O T E S S.
0: My, my figure is because that it is such a unique and niche product. No one would confuse this name with something else. I don't really, like, it's not going to have its own website. It'll be on the 3D Musketeers website. Um, Trademarking is not something that I've done a lot of because, at least initially, it's been cost prohibitive. And as I know you're well aware, defending it is also cost prohibitive.
1: It's actually easier to defend than patents. It is considerably,
0: yes. But it's still not
1: cheap. (laughs) So there's only 144 hits on the politician. Maybe you want to consider
0: that. We'll have to talk (laughs) off stream. (laughs) I don't know what
1: class it would be, though. I don't I've I've never uh, marked a uh, 3D printer device or a a mechanical device. It's always it it is a
0: mechanical accessory.
1: Mechanical accessory. That sounds never mind. I'm going to keep my mouth shut because anything is is a sexual device if you're creative enough. uh,
0: Yes, that I I think that was uh, Brian Vines put that in there earlier. (laughs) But... uh, Look, I, I, we work so often with inventors that I'm used to like, all right, what would this be if this was on a patent? It would be a mechanical accessory, is what it would likely be called on a patent. <laughs> um, okay, so when we look at Creative Commons, it is a legal thing. One of the big ones that came up recently was the Benchy. This is a Benchy. It's Tugboat. It is also a benchmark, 3D print, hence the name. And everything on it is measurable. It's what basically everybody uses as a means to decide, does your printer suck? Then there's the speedboat race, which is how fast can I make one of these that even remotely looks like a Benchy. But then there's people that decide to modify it. Except the Benchy has a Creative Commons non-derivative. And, uh nobody's kind of paid attention to it for years. And the company, which is CT3D.XYZ, it's on the bottom of the boat, has done nothing to protect it. Is it similar to the patent area that if you don't protect your patent... Yeah, it's in, Xerox. That means... It's a Xerox
1: issue, right? You don't Xerox something, you photocopy it. There was a whole marketing campaign years yep. ago saying, please don't Xerox, please photocopy unless you're using an actual Xerox machine, right? So if they don't protect it, odds are good they're, they're going to lose it. And how long has this been? Has there been a lawsuit? So the law changed in the United States a while back and it is, you've got, was it six months to file a lawsuit as soon as you become aware of an infringing, a fringer, or you risk losing it. Yep. So odds are probably good that they've lost whatever control they had over that.
0: And I don't think they care. It is quite literally right. the most popular 3D print in the world and it has their... Website on the bottom of it, like part of me says, "F it, it's not even worth it." I, the marketing that I get from it is not is not even worth defending the Creative Commons. Speaking of trademarks, Justin in the chat, V was just trademarked. D- did you see that? All right, let's find that. I'm the I'm few, Ohio I'm State right University. University.
1: Okay, so that's fine, and I guarantee you, in the mark here, I'll bring it up. Let's see. <laughs> We're gonna go back here. Ready? We'll do that screen share. Let's share that screen. All right. So here we are. We're doing, we're in Tez. Which screen am I sharing? Am I sharing the right screen?
0: Yes. Yes. All right.
1: So that was the politician search, but we're going
0: to search for, what was it? The Ohio State? The Ohio State. They just got the trademark for the word the.
1: All right. There it is, right? The
0: Ohio State
1: University. There's a whole bunch of them. Yep. Let's find out. Let's go to their, uh, let's see.
0: I just like making fun of Justin because he did get a full ride there and he was very excited they finally got the trademark.
1: I love that they're saying the first use in commerce was 1879. It's literally for just the word the. But it's not. It's the Ohio State University. Right here. Look, these are all the hits that came up with the Ohio State University. Here's what happens when you when you get a common word in a mark, you have to disclaim the use of the common word. Yes, it is part of your mark, but you disclaim the use of the word the. And that's what <laughs> I was trying to show you. Yeah, it's. So, uh, you go to TDSR. Here's all the documents. If you're ever interested, here's all the documents that were filed. Some light reading. <laughs> yeah. Right. So here's the application drawing specimen.
0: Right. That's right, and the obligatory my, my dad Ken Posner are saying go green. He's a Michigan State alum, so, <laughs> so obligatory. Without, I'm for not sure. going to
1: force you guys to sit here for ten minutes while I hunt down the disclaimer of the word D, but I'm I can I can guarantee you the was disclaimed.
0: It, it is just for use in clothing, <laughs> uh, according to 3D printing. That's their disclaimed there you use. Go. Um, but like that's the kind of stuff that really kind of rubs me the wrong way in this industry, yeah. and of course osu has no bearing on on the 3d printing industry but it's that kind of thing like all right that's just really petty you're you're -hmm. you're getting to a point where uh, cool you have a legal team that's doing all of this for you that you have on retainer that you clearly just need to use retainer money up a year yeah the little guy ends up getting screwed
1: so i'm a huge dork we have already established this here is one of my magic commander decks (laughs) Uh, sitting in front of me here in the studio because obviously we stream out here and there was a point in time where where wizards of the coast now owned by hasbro was trying to uh copyright the word tap Tap. to tap the card to turn the card sideways yeah yeah yeah. they wanted to copyright tap Oh, god. the symbol ended up getting getting you know protected but they literally wanted the word tap to be trademarked it's it's a fun yeah and and by fun i mean oh (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, uh tarzman just just posted the link i guess to the exact
1: to Ooh. the exact
0: one um and they don't
1: like the link though oh yeah they do look at that the oh i love it there it is all right so let's see it is documents so let me share my screen again when when we looked when we last visited the tdsr uh there were what three documents yep so notice all of... <laughs> so here we go they, they office action outgoing i guarantee you this office action outgoing was was a rejection Yep. response to office action amendment and mail process <laughs> suspension letter tds tas response to suspension inquiry amendment suspension letter that's office been four years
0: outgoing. it looks like right since 2018 since 2019 2019 yeah. okay Right? I have so a very he, small screen on my side. <laughs>
1: exactly. So I just want to see a uh, snapshot. Let's see. AAU. All right. I want to see what the AAU says.
0: Very light reading for those that yeah. are looking for something to print out and leave in the bathroom. <laughs> the USPTO
1: has accepted the amendment to allege use filed for the termic after influence as meeting the minimum filing requirement. It was returned to the examining attorney for review. It does not relieve the, the, the applicant of the duty, so man they paid a lot like to get that word, they probably paid 75 dollars to their legal team
0: worth every penny to them because they could just be petty no. about it.
1: that shit's crazy, man.
0: yeah I I I don't pretend to understand it I I it's why we have multiple attorneys that we work with and I say I don't want to cut. I want to send people to you with the understanding that they come back to me when they're done because I don't understand it enough. And that means I'm going to screw it up. So, we were- oh,
1: sorry. I just found the
0: answer. <laughs> you found the answer.
1: So if you look here, right? Yep. It's, it's this thing. It's this stupid thing. The. Yes. So unless you are going to put the in white and red inside your t-shirt, you're not infringing. So it, it is what they were trying to do was limit it to just that. And yeah, you know, it, it's sensational and clickbait to say Ohio State's trademarked the word "the." Well, no, they've, what they've said is you could use the word in that block letter format inside a shirt and copyright so that people can't lie and say we are making official license stuff from Ohio State.
0: I will say they put out a press release saying they got they got the copy. Of copyright. course, they're going to do that. Of
1: course, they're going to do that. Cause it's clickbait. It gets
0: eyes on it. So something that has come up recently, and I found this during a live stream was the Snapmaker terms of service that you agree to, to utilize your $2,000 3d printer. It says, and I'll, I'll post, um, I will post a Google photos link. So you guys can get it in the chat. It will give you my full name, but I've never hidden that. Um, it says that log file fo- so, By utilizing the printer, you allow Snapmaker to collect log files. Log files track actions occurring on the device and collect data including your use time, printer settings, printer models, and date and timestamps. Snapmaker touchscreen app uses the collected data for various purposes. One, to provide and maintain our services. Two, to notify you about changes to our services. Three, to allow you to participate in interactive features of our services when you choose to do so. Four, to provide customer care and support. Five, to provide analysis or valuable information so that we can improve our services. Data mining. Uh, Six, to monitor usage of our services. See above. Seven, to detect, prevent, and address technical issues.
1: So where is that link? Because I can't find their terms of service on their website.
0: No, that is on the printer. (laughs) That is on the printer. Yeah. When you use the printer... You that must is. agree that to that. That is the touchscreen for the printer. You cannot use the $1,800 printer plus accessories coming out. They It was three grand is what they sent me valued. And this was a review unit. I didn't pay for it. But you have to agree to that image to use their service, which is, well, it's bullshit as far as I'm it's concerned. Crazy. But where does that stand? And I guess we, we didn't say this earlier. We should say it now. This is not legal advice. Seth is not your lawyer. I am not your lawyer. I you am not a lawyer. Lie.
1: Anything you hear here to your detriment or otherwise. <laughs> is
0: this is this even legal?
1: <laughs> in China? Probably. I mean, I'm not versed in the laws of China, but here there's, you know... This seems
0: like a massive GDPR violation. Well, it's, it's
1: consumer protection, number one, in the U.S., right? The Consumer Protection Agency... They would really want to know that people are buying $10,000 things that come with gotchas that they weren't made, made aware of beforehand, right? So that's that's number one. Number two, uh, who's going to enforce it? You know, it would be a government enforcement. And I'll bet you this company doesn't have any assets in the United States. They might have a website. They might have a distributor. But are there really any assets for the government to attach? Or for you as a consumer, if you wanted to sue them, right? right. Where are their assets located? If you sued them in the U.S., who would you sue and what would you expect to recover?
0: As the 3D printer Joel Telling has pointed out, Snapmaker is not a 3D, printing, 3D printer company. They are a marketing company that happens to make a 3D printer. Yeah. Similar to Thangs. Thangs is a, parent, is a child of FISNA. So FISNA is the parent company. FISNA is an AI and data company. And if that doesn't concern you for what your models are being used for on their website that you're using for free. Maybe you should take a look again.
1: I, I got a better one for you. You ever heard of a company called Tesla? Uh,
0: they're, not Nicola...
1: they're, data con- they're data collection companies that happen to make a car.
0: Yes, they are. <laughs> All those cameras, they're not there for your safety. They just happen to also provide some safety yeah. sometimes somewhere. The internal cameras that are inside of the car. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is it? There's there's another TikTok is a great example. Oh right my now, gosh. TikTok right? is terrible. Yes. Oh,
0: crap. It was no, just no, rolled no.
1: on, wasn't it? But, and it was, it was shown that, yeah, we made some good faith efforts to make firewalls. Oh, the Chinese execs can still access all that data. Sorry. Okay. So anyone using TikTok is giving functionally all of their data and information to the Chinese government.
0: Yes, and that's why it's it. there have been talks about blocking it here in the States. That's come up recently, um, because if you happen to have clearance for certain things and you have TikTok on your phone, you might be violating your clearance.
1: You're absolutely violating your clearance if you have TikTok on your phone. Yeah. Uh, most people I know with clearances have two devices. One is personal, one is private, and they are not allowed to take their personal device even to the work parking lot. Because that shows where they work and what they're doing.
0: According to Justin Snapmaker, is a Japanese company based on the phone, uh, number.
1: or they have a, uh, or they have an office in Japan, right? That's fair. Or they've true. set up their company. I mean, I can go online and I can set up a company in any state in the United States
0: this afternoon. You go to Delaware too, <laughs> you yeah. know, the the state that has more co- more corporations than people
1: so it's all it's all by the way a race to the bottom in terms of uh revenue for states right everybody's right. moving to wyoming now because wyoming will actually shelter your assets in case of a divorce or a, a lawsuit will they now yeah wyoming is now the freaking cayman islands of the united states
0: gonna go see what so it takes have, to move wyoming <laughs> move three i, out I to have
1: hired clients who asked me to do that because there's there's a line right i will help you I will help you minimize your taxes. I will not help you shelter your tax.
0: (laughs) I want to, for me, it's just sheltering. So fun things. uh, I can't get insurance uh, because apparently the same companies that, uh, will ensure cnc machine shops won't ensure 3d printers because we can make 2a items with them but the cnc machine shops would never do such a thing no no but 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 3d printers we are all reprehensible we are terrible people and and, and all we do is is create ways to violate federal law um, clearly because we would definitely never use it for legal means to help people um, and that's my concern things like well those scanners are $80,000 of assets on my company. And there, it would be nice if I could shield them a little bit. Are there
1: specific questions on your insurance riders about that? I think we discussed this when we talked before, right? No, right. What, do they, what do they ask you about?
0: Nothing. They just canceled it. Really? Yeah. They just canceled it. I had an insurance policy and they canceled it. Wow. Because of exposure to 3d printing. It's great. It's just great. I love, I I just, I love the lack of, this is why for those that don't know, I've been working on this. We are building the Making Awesome Academy, which is all about educating in the 3D printing industry, specifically initially product development. So helping inventors, but eventually it will be also to educate the general public about 3D printing because it is this lack of education that causes these problems. It is the lack of education about how this industry works as to why all you ever see on the news media is, 2A stuff for firearms and not um you know the actually useful things that come out of this industry. <laughs> Pooch MFing insurance companies. Yes sir. Yeah, Pooch knows. Pooch uh, Repcord, they have a massive print farm. They produce products for the 3D printing industry. So Pooch understands.
1: Yeah, I mean insurance is insurance and banking are the corporations that engage in insurance and banking are probably the most rapacious in the world. Um, all of the money in the world flows to about three reinsurance companies in the Cayman islands,
0: (laughs) (laughs) right? Hey, you're not wrong there. You're not wrong there. Um, back to creative commons. (laughs) I want to, I want to go over exactly Neil's questions. I think Neil's hanging out in the chat still. He said, if I share my models on printables under creative commons attribution, non-commercial, no Which derivatives.
1: Version? Huh? Which version, Creative Commons?
0: 4.0. International oh. license.
1: Alright, let me pull it up.
0: Does this allow others to share my model on other file sharing platforms such as Creality Cloud without my permission, even if they credit me and the original license?
1: As uh, is, is 4.0 it's an attribution.
0: Yep. All right. So
1: just, I'm, I've got the website up, right? I haven't looked at CC in a, in, in a while and I don't didn't even know that they were on four by now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, share and redistribute the material in any medium or format. Adapt, remix, transform, build upon the material for any purpose, even commercially.
0: So his has the specifications of non-commercial, no derivatives.
1: Yeah, here. I mean, it's it's crazy, silly website. It's super, super, here it is. You are free to share, copy and redistribute the material in any medium or format. And adapt remix transform that's that's what you're free to do with 4.0
0: yep so his has the attribution it has non-commercial and uh no derivatives but yep. yeah that's it, it, his his big thing is if they are allowed to do that are there any steps that he can do to ensure it doesn't happen how can he protect no i people mean that's stealing that's... his models
1: you can't unless you want to put some sort of Easter egg in there to show that they're doing it or some sort of
0: uh, indicator. That brings up a fun one. Creality. Well, our tech versus Creality. I can send you the docket. The docket's pretty substantial. Uh, right. Actually, let me put the docket in the chat.
1: Is this the one we were talking about on the, on our phone call? Where, that uh, is the
0: one we were talking right. about, which yeah. by the way, still ongoing last I checked. <laughs> um, let me, now I got to go find it. It's in one of these tabs. That's always the problem is, which tab is it? There it is. Um, Where Artec had Easter eggs in their software. And uh, apparently, they found them. And they found them in their nemesis, Creality. Oh. for So they initially... Creality is a Chinese company. They went after Creality for the CR Scan Lizard because it was a Kickstarter. That Kickstarter garnished something like four and a half or five million dollars.
1: I remember, yeah.
0: And as far as Artec was concerned, that gave Creality a U.S. nexus vis-a-vis Kickstarter. Yep. And uh, yeah, the entire community does not side with Artec. Artec is claiming that Creality poached staff members, which is all fair, but those staff members took source code, which is not. And they were able to find those Easter eggs in the code. And as well as Creality, software was called Creality Studio, Artec's software is called Artec Studio. That's a copyright thing. That is so easy to deal with. But that, they just, you know, stacking on. Creality said, how about, F you. How about that? We like that. They get, they told Kickstarter to refund all the money. And that same day they sent out an email to every single backer with a link to a uh, crowdfunding platform based out of Hong Kong. The lawsuit is still ongoing, but the scanners have shipped.
1: <laughs> what? There the actual action... United
0: States. There's your nexus. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And so let me see the last, is this really the last update? Yeah. The last update that I see scheduling order and one terminate deadlines and hearings. I think it's over.
1: They probably settled.
0: Yeah. Um, oh no, actually they're rescheduling. Okay. Okay i know so they had a rescheduling order on the 6th of june of july oh no this is actually really recent okay and then there was another scheduling order which is for terminate deadlines and hearings i posted it in, in the chat for people that, that do want to follow it but i've been following this because i do own our scanners i do believe that our is in the right here um it, it <laughs> Shane, Creality telling people to F off. They would never do that. What kind of implications does this have? Because if this does actually go through and isn't terminating like it looks like it might be, this could set legal precedent that Kickstarter produces a US nexus. Is that correct? I
1: think that's sorry, yeah. settled precedent. I mean, it, it doesn't even need to be Kickstarter. There just needs to be some financial or, or business transaction that takes place in the United States or that that involves United States nationals.
0: It is no, um, it's no surprise that the bulk of 3D printing occurs within the continental United States, right? It it is, the EU is building very quickly, but the US, as far as I'm aware, is the largest utilizer of 3D printing by country. And does that mean in your opinion, the non-legal opinion, of course, that any company that does business, like sells a printer on Amazon, Creality sells printers on Amazon all the time.
1: Does that I, give them
0: uh, a U.S. nexus?
1: Absolutely. But here's the problem: What assets do they have in the United States?
0: Nothing. But right? you, you you could send customs to go seize every every import they send in.
1: You could try. But at the end of the day, you want to stop it. You're going to have to try to recover that. Remember, this isn't the government suing someone. No, right? This is a company suing a company. So, customs is never going to show up and seize this. That's not a thing <laughs> that's going to happen, right? That's a government response. That's not a, a company to company response. That's fair. And remember, as much as we like to think so, uh, it is not a criminal wrongdoing. It's called it's a tort. Yes, In intellectual property infringement is not criminal law. Your district attorney does not bring the case. You do. OK, that said, I'm, I'm on the Creality website. I'm trying to find any way for a U.S. company or a, a judgment in the United States to get enforced against them without having to go to China. I don't think the Chinese it. court or a, was did somebody say it was Japanese earlier?
0: No, no. Snapmakers, right. Japanese. Creality is Chinese.
1: Got it. And good luck trying to get a U.S. judgment enforced in a Chinese court. Right, I, it, we're back to China is a black hole of intellectual property, and if they, if they're making money for the chi- for Chinese businesses, your your odds of, of succeeding in a Chinese court is not good.
0: I would also like to point out to those that backed the CR scan lizard that it is claiming to have the same accuracy, like identical accuracy to my twenty thousand dollar hand scanner, and the retail on those is. 1 of my $20,000 hand scanner. I don't think I have to tell you that there is not a snowball's chance in hell you're going to hit those numbers, but I definitely have a Patreon member who's going to send me theirs to verify.
1: Yeah. Cause
0: if it does hit half and it's $500, that thing's a steal. If it hits half the accuracy of a $20,000 scanner, it's a steal an absolute steal. Cause I, I, but the, the IP around it still kind of makes me uneasy because when you look at the two softwares, they look identical, they operate identically. Everything you <laughs> Duff says, at... I think I think you got ripped off, Grant. Duff, I didn't pay retail, but um, I am comfortable with what I paid for them, even if the CR scan lizard is $500. <laughs> um,
1: so I'm, I found some sort of uh oh. <laughs> terms and services on the creality site how bad and, uh construed and in accordance with the laws of hk i'm assuming that's hong kong that would be hong kong yeah so yeah they they don't even like their u.s facing site doesn't even name a u.s business or terms of service so there's yeah there's no way you're, you're gonna I, I i don't see how our tech's gonna recover here
0: I don't either. I think they were just trying to make a point. I, I don't think their goal was to ever make money off of this. I think their goal was to make a point. And I mean, sometimes that's just as valuable to the company. Yeah.
1: I If they ever set up a U.S. business, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Which they
1: never Then will. Then you attach, then you take that, you take that judgment and you attach it to Creality's U.S. business or any entity. But I'm assuming they're going to be smart enough to never do that and you know amazon's going to facilitate it
0: yeah I, amazon's going to Am, call amazon themselves a whole kinkos other yeah, well they're going to call themselves kinkos and say well you know we don't police what goes on our site it's not our it's not our responsibility you know, you, you are effectively we are a marketplace we are not a, a facilitator
1: so i have thoughts on that and that <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that a whole other podcast
1: yeah that's a whole other podcast yeah. amazon and google are are, are the devil i mean
0: so we've steven yeah. we've Stephen thomas in the chat asking about prusa's printables their updated 3d model repository anything to be concerned with regarding privacy submitting a model requires you tying your prusa account to the printables account um i Depends will say where you live Stephen. <laughs> you know i will say something that i do like about prusa research is and you know what I have been saving it just for this podcast and I will share my screen to show it. They, they do collect data, but they ask you and you can choose. This might be really weird for me to share my screen. This, this might be interesting, but let me see what will happen. Let me see if I can share my screen inside a zoom, share screen, that one, No, no, it doesn't like that. Okay, so let me stop sharing my screen real quick. Oh, Zoom really doesn't like that. All right, let me stop <laughs> the share. Zoom really doesn't like that. I was going to try to share my screen. There are other ways for me to do it, but... Are using
1: OBS? Just put a little...
0: I am using OBS, uh, just so... Just a little, yeah, window capture. I, I, I'm I, just going to cheat. They're going to lose us for a second. Um, so I'm just going to go to something different that will show it. Okay, so when you load PrusaSlicer, it asks about data collection very clearly. And you can click show verbatim what will be sent. And this is precisely what it is sending. It's sending things like my CPU. It's sending, you know, what builds. I'm running an alpha 2 build my ID. Um, And this is what it shows you. So as far as I'm concerned... They're, they're kind of okay, but I could be wrong on this. What do you like? What is your, what is your take on a company that they do data collection? They let you completely opt out of it. So if you yeah. choose to opt right the hell out of it, they don't care. Um, but that is interesting. I think Proust is doing it right.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, look, we live in a world where data is king. And collecting data is important mm-hmm. to your business. From a human perspective, it's kind of shitty because I don't like people tracking everything I do and how I do it, but at least they're getting your permission. And that right there allows them to comply with not only current data protection law just about anywhere in the world, but yep. it, it's kind of future-proofing it. They're based out of the check. It's ability to opt out immediately. Like, and, and it's not a pre-tick box. That's the big one. Yes. The big one is when they have the pre-tick box saying opt me in, Right.
0: Yeah I'm I'm definitely not looking at Matter Control for that. I did a video on Matter Control. It's another slicer program and I've never used it before, so it was, this is this first look video. I'm going through the menus and it is by default data collection is turned on. And That's, there is no way to see that is that is a violation of of GDPR.
1: So we're going to keep coming back to this topic too. How is any how is the European Union the high court going to recover from a Chinese company that doesn't have any assets in the European union.
0: They can sanction them, but that's really, you still going to be able to buy it.
1: You're still going to be able to buy the product on Alibaba. yeah. And have it sh- yeah.
0: Don't do that again, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, 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 that is, that is what's complicated here. Um, Repcord is asking, what license should I use if I want to release a 3D printable design allowed to be remixed, etc., but retain branding, mark embedded in the design? Uh,
1: again, there's several versions of the Creative Commons. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do a custom license first off, right? That's, I mean, look, that's my income, right? <laughs> so I'd be like, hey, <laughs> I'll write you a custom license. It, it looks
0: license. like it's CC by SA. I don't know what that yeah. means. but I, I mean, it's a Creative Commons with something else in there, but apparently yep. that is it.
1: And you just want to make sure the terms, the actual language in your creative commons license says you got it. You can't change my mark Yeah. and you can't change the attribution. I'm right? guessing everyone with it. And I mean, I don't know. has this person said if they want commercial uses to be okay.
0: I it, I would assume they do. Um, yeah. I'm guessing Pooch is talking about his rep rack or one of his newer products that he freely Open sources to the community, but I think validly he wants to be able to keep that branding on there. He wants the RepCord name, he wants the RepCord logo. Because then, what stops me from putting the 3D Musketeers logo on it and calling it the 3D M Rack? Right, there would be nothing. And I, I think that's what he's looking at trying to protect. He wants it to be open source, you can remix it, do whatever you want, but hey leave the branding on there can there can there just be a creative commons don't be a dick license because i think that's what we need
1: <laughs> i would love to see that the cc dvd <laughs> yeah.
0: that that would be perfect
1: um so if speak you know I was, i'm watching this go by and you can't publish on all the i see the comment about can't publishing on all the big sites right yeah, yeah. whenever you get something for free online or download something online there are strings attached always, always. And if there's not strings attached, there's risk attached. And the best story about this is uh, Old Town Road. Right? The Marginally related, but here's the deal. The song? That song is oh. why Trent Reznor has a country music award. Okay? So Lil Nas went to one of those online sites where you find beats. He purchased a beat. Use that beat in Old Town Road. Turns out The individual that uploaded that beat to the website had ripped it completely off from Trent Reznor, off a Nine Inch Nails song. Okay. When you go to a site, if you do not read the terms of service, and I guarantee you 99.9% of them, the ones where you download things for free, they say things like, yeah, we have no liability here. We cannot guarantee that the stuff, even if you bought it. Is free from infringement. We are just the marketplace. Wait, wait.
0: You're telling me that I need to read end user license agreements, Seth? I don't. Imagine. I don't want to. Do... <laughs> I can't even. I can't even hold a straight face when I'm
1: saying this. Right. That's... So, uh, turns out, song was super huge, popular, and uh, they had to have a little negotiation because that 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 beat was not licensed appropriately. So, at the end of the day, Trent Reznor got a songwriting credit, and when that song won a uh, country music award. We now have a case where Nine Inch Nails has a Country Music Award.
0: I'm fine with this. I'm I am i am fine with this. It was like um Outcast has sampled from Earthwind and Fire when they shouldn't have <laughs> and literally Earthwind and Fire was like all you had to do was ask us. All right. you had to do was ask. We probably would have been cool with it. But because you didn't now we're not cool about it anymore.
1: Yep. And I have that client. I have that conversation with clients all the time. They're like, but it puts the other side on notice. I'm like, nine times out of 10, if you ask, you will likely get a, get permission or a nominal fee. Yeah. Because if you are an artist and you're making something interesting and that doesn't destroy the other person's brand, they want to participate in that in some fashion. Right. And it shows that you made a good faith effort. If you do not make a good faith effort, even if you're relying on some kind of fair use, a judge is not going to look real, real kindly at that.
0: No, so, no, they're yeah. not. Yeah. And good faith is, of course, put up to a reasonable person standard. So right. you better hope you're actually trying and, and not just hiding behind. Oh, well, we we tried. We just didn't search anywhere for it. No, that that's oh, not being legit. It's not I being have, legit.
1: I I the bane of my existence two things are the banes of my existence the first is well i can use seven seconds of that sample right no no you can't <laughs>
0: that's the big thing with youtubers dude yeah it, they it, have it, no clue youtube says if it's less than seven seconds it doesn't matter and i and that's... i i have told my staff this multiple times i tell my editor unless it is so functionally important to the joke that i am making do not use anything like we made a tommy boy joke and i I quoted the movie and then we cut me off and then we brought in the movie for the last three words i said that one's that one's tricky because i'm quoting something that should be validly trademarked or copywritten it's technically covered under fair use because it is transformative in nature to the joke but damn it that's not an argument i want to make and
1: and who who's gonna who's YouTube gonna listen to? Are they gonna listen to a, a, a huge film production company? Or are they gonna listen to you? Google Guess doesn't what.
0: listen to anyone other than the people that pay them.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And the other bane, by the way, and this is the fun one is, I literally twenty or thirty times a year, I have clients who ask me, "Well, I looked who f- I, I I found this thing online, and I really tried to find who owned it, and I couldn't, so I can use it now,
0: right? No." No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It it would surprise it. It surprises me for all the wrong reasons. The amount of people that bring us products that already exist and say, "I want to, I want you to make this, but I want this little thing changed." I said, "So you want me to reverse engineer a product that is protected? I'm certain it's protected because it says patented and there's the patent number." And you want me to change this little thing and you think you're going to get it past the USPTO? In their defense, they probably can. That will lead us perfectly into my next subject. But they probably can because the USPTO is truly broken and just does not give two flying dams about anything. The amount of times that we've had them immediately kick back a denial and then we resubmit the patent exactly the way it was and it get approved. Is yeah. more than I care to admit. The amount of clients that refuse to put me on their patent applications, it's also more than I care to admit. And I am very upset about that.
1: Uh, yeah. in, in between the last two time, last time we spoke and today, I spent probably about two and a half hours <laughs> trying to explain to someone at the trademark office what a role playing game was.
0: All yeah, right. No I got to know how you did it. Now I got to know how you did it.
1: Yeah. So, I, in. I explained. So I applied in one category and they thought that was wrong because it's just a supplement. It's just a book. I'm like, no, no, the the book is the game. And the game is, takes place in our mind. And I'm (laughs) imagining on the phone. What is this guy smoking? The trademark examiner trying to explain to them. So it's theater of the mind. You have this book, you read the book. The book tells you all the rules. You don't need anything else. We're telling a joint story together. And I take on this role. You take on that role. And. It, it wasn't going well. I'm so so sorry. eventually I just pointed them to dungeons and dragons. I said, here's a bunch of dungeons and dragons links. Here's stuff you've already approved that are exactly the same as my clients. Just approve it, please.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, 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 that sounds about accurate. Um, and this leads perfectly into the hang printer debacle Ooh. hang printer is it's a 3d printer that hangs. I know crazy. The name would never give that away to you. Um, It's designed to be a big machine that can hang in a room, right? Where you hang it in the corners of your room. A us company was just granted a patent on a hang printer. The hang printer has been open sourced for over, for almost 10 years now with everything published on GitHub, everything BOMs and the guys that have made hang printer are not USA based and are now having to get an attorney to fight this. Now, people are asking, well, how did the USPTO pass it? Because they're idiots. Seth won't say that, or maybe he will. I will. They're idiots. They don't care. They didn't do their research. The patent that was submitted to them was likely so incredibly vague that it doesn't matter, that they wouldn't have found it anyways. But clearly, it is a hang printer. What the actual hell? Can be done about that. <laughs> so uh,
1: I'm having this issue with a client right now. Uh, the USPTO often will issue conflicting patents. Yep. They will often issue things that should not have been issued, and they, they don't like. They don't ever really take culpability for that, right? The what's going to happen is eventually there will be an action to quiet title. That's what the lawsuit is called when you're trying to figure out who owns something so there will be a lawsuit eventually that will tell the uspto which one of those two patents they screwed up but that that's how that generally plays out
0: right um Duff says no, no no it's a suspended printer completely different it's clearly the same <laughs> thing it's it, and it, yes those nuances can unfortunately matter quite a bit but this is where things get complicated because Hangprinter was ordered to stop
1: by whom by which by what court
0: the oh i have no clue what court but it was by the patent holder
1: okay so they were the patent holder said stop doing this thing that you've got a patent for issued by the united states
0: government right the patent holder said stop doing the thing that you've been open sourcing for the eight years because now we have a patent doing it
1: right uh and at the end of the day, they're going to have more power if they have more money. Now, it, let me say one other thing before we go go down that road. Yeah. I complain about the USPTO and the Copyright Office. But at the end of the day, we are coming out of, uh, we're still only in the worse. initial stages of coming out of the dark ages of a certain presidency that intentionally understaffed everything. Correct. These people are doing their best with you know, they're probably one person for every four people that should be there in government IP, in, in the patent office, the trademark office. They're understaffed, overworked. They are doing the best they can with what they got. Um, I bitch about it. I, I, I complain about it all the time. But at the end of the day, they're, uh, they're doing a thankless job with no resources even approaching what they really ought to have.
0: That's absolutely true. I, it is not their fault. But unfortunately, yeah, they, and I, I guess I shall say the people in the chat are, are amongst the, the generally the same thought line uh, regarding the Dark Ages. Um, so no need to worry there. But the, the problem is that, yes, they've been understaffed, they've been underfunded because the goal has always been that big corporations hold intellectual property and the average, everyday individual will never have that nice, fancy seal. That yeah. is why. In my experience, the average individual inventor really, really, really wants that nice, pretty piece of paper with the gold foil seal on it that says patent when in actuality, they probably don't need it (laughs) because they can't afford to defend it, which means it's just a fancy piece of paper that they paid somewhere between four and 10 grand for on the low side.
1: On the lowest, on the very low side. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick my bone with Duff here. I was a State Department uh, attorney, as a baby attorney. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> now, we, we some there is a lot of deadwood. I will not dispute that there is a lot of deadwood in government, but a lot of folks are, are working as hard as they can. I should also
0: a, state there are quite a few trolls in the chat. So. <laughs> acknowledging them only makes it worse <laughs> i yes. will uh
1: i'll send you my my troll attorney gif and we could just keep posting that up
0: just just like a good just like a good D campaign where the dm is just they are watching and waiting for you to fall into this trap That's stuff <laughs> duff is the dm making fun of everybody <laughs> um the so alien 3d name is josh uh points out that the Hank Printer guys they did not have a patent but it was the prior art and the prior art should technically invalidate the patent right
1: yeah but i mean if the government doesn't say so it doesn't that's what i'm I, so the point there is that patent likely should not have been issued if there was all kinds of ridiculous open source stuff and they combined it in a way that wasn't new and if they didn't build a better mousetrap right Right. building a better mousetrap will give them a patent but it's only for that use in that manner of that prior art does that make sense do you understand
0: yeah i i do i it, it so i'm trying to see if i can simplify it some if you create a product that already exists but it is better and innovates so a patent requires three things it must be novel unique and non-obvious you must hit all three of those things generally speaking or you need to have enough money or the right examiner right but let's assume that everything is correct you need novel unique and non-obvious those are the three things that you need for a patent you have design plant and utility patents plants are useless to most people So it's design and utility design patents are quite literally why the 3d printing industry is wrought with patent infringement because their design patents are meant to be violated by 3d printers. (laughs) Utility patents surround use and the hang printer patent was a utility patent. I read through it. What they did is they did innovate. There are some small innovations made, but they did go after the entire object they went after the entire thing, not just their innovation, which, okay, I don't blame their attorneys for doing it either, right? Like, I would think that any attorney would try. I don't think that they were expecting to get it. But that's what you do. Like
1: You can't go after just a piece of a product, you know?
0: <laughs> it's true. It, creating a better wheel will likely get you sued by all the tire manufacturers, but creating a better wheel will solve people's problems. But the likelihood of you ever getting a patent on it is slim to none, because what's right. going to happen is as soon as it's granted, you're going to get sued. They're going to run you dry in court. Your patent will be invalidated and you're going to end up crying. Basically, you're you going to end up disappearing like the Chevy EV1 and some of the other early electric vehicles because they innovated when the big companies Make decided the they shouldn't have.
1: Well, they should have just licensed is what they should have done, right? Should they, somebody should have been deemed the winner and licensed it all and all of that would have gone away. I mean, but that's even worse for capitalists or so,
0: better for them, worse for us. Let's talk about the licensing thing. Cause like <laughs> one, that's way more up your alley anyways, but licensing to me is where every inventor should be moving. I do not believe that going to market is worth it. You need hundred plus grand to go to market in this day and age. Licensing... You got a big company that's got, that has a marketing budget that your entire budget for doing your project is a rounding error for their marketing budget, right? I, 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 I don't see a point in going to market anymore with some of the big guys out there. They're going to copy you. You might as well just give it to them and make a percentage on and not do any of the work.
1: The day of the individual inventor is pretty much over. It, 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 it's, it's, you can look at all the data surrounding it. There is. It's infinitesimal compared to the the patents that are being filed and granted to large corporations, right? I I, I think a hundred thousand is a really small estimate. I think that's that's. I unfair. said at least a hundred thousand yeah. for a reason, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and you just you you cannot do that anymore. No. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to license it. And I recommend a license rather than starting your own business because your investors are going to end up owning that IP and not you, right? you own the IP and you license it. You do not try to start your company. That way lies madness. It's awful, I've seen it happen many times where people have a great idea, they wanna take it to market. They're they're like, I want this to be my business. No, your business really should be licensing because if you start this business, your investor is gonna give you a bunch of money with a whole bunch of strings attached to it. And quite frankly, they might have a more vested interest in you failing and taking that IP as collateral when your business goes under. And then they control all the licensing for that.
0: I think you will greatly enjoy the talk coming in two weeks. I'm giving away a guest. I don't ever do this, but I'm giving away a guest. Uh, Monday, the 25th of July, we have Ken Johnson, the creator of of Phase 10, coming on. The world's second best-selling card game, not tabletop game. Magic obviously beats the hell out of it. But Uno is the best-selling game. And he licensed it to the same company that makes Uno. And he's and he's going to come and talk about how that worked out, how he decided that patenting was a bad move because of the limitations, that trademarking made a lot more sense because they're never going to rebrand it because they'll have right. no chance of it succeeding. So, yeah, that might be a fun one for you to hang out at, oh, yeah. at, or, or at least listen to because that whole – there's so much nuance in how to do things correctly – And the average everyday individual will make one small mistake and that will eat them alive because a good attorney is going to just hound on that. And that's why it's why we have multiple attorneys that we work with. I have everyone from my New York asshole, which happens to be the nicest guy that we work with. He just does not come off that way to the eccentric individual that's going to walk you through how to do it yourself and charge you very, very, very little to do it. But he's going to say from the beginning, if you go down this route, you are almost guaranteed to make a mistake. Yeah, it is. It's it's just one of those cases. Like you said, the average everyday inventor is dead.
1: If uh, there's a reason why founders who refuse to give up the reins of their companies end up losing everything, if you are a founder you are not a CEO. You are not a CFO. You are not a marketing executive. Mm-hmm. You are going to fail on those counts if you do not step back and say, "I need to hire a CEO, an experienced CEO who has exited a company before, at least one, an uh, an experienced CFO, and an experienced marketing person who have done all of those things." If you do not, if you do not do that, your odds of failing and making awful, awful mistakes increase exponentially. It it. It just is what it is. So my advice, and I hope people, if, if you take nothing away from this, if you are starting your own business, know when to get out of your own way and hire people who know what they're doing.
0: Know, you know? when to hold them, know <laughs> when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. That is literally the best advice that anyone can give. Um, it's it is, it is it, it's frustrating to me because I watch inventors come through our doors and they say, I want a patent. I want a patent. And I literally have to talk them off of a cliff because I know that as soon as they get that patent, they're going to do jack shit with it. Nothing is going to get done. They're going to hold on to it. Say, it's my pretty. It's my pretty. And they're going to do nothing with it. Okay. Yeah. You're not Gollum. Get out there. Make some shit. If it sells, and then are- trademark it.
1: And they're eventually going to not own the company because they're going to go to an investor and they're not going to know how to negotiate well with the investor. And the investor is going to give them something that, that turns on a spigot of cash, but also comes with, when you turn that spigot off, if you haven't paid me back, I get your IP now.
0: Shane, Kenny Rogers record labels looking for you about (laughs) quoting lyrics.
1: (laughs) We are instructing my friends. Yeah. This this is transformative in
0: nature. Go to hell. (laughs) the frigging problem the frigging problem is that we're it, it is so litigious and I think that's why this industry specifically the 3d printing industry has moved toward open source because if it's free for everybody it just it don't have to worry about it but when you're trying to put food on the plate and I, I literally I talked with this with Sanjay Mortimer uh who's one of the founders of e3d unfortunately he's no longer with us he actually passed about a month after our interview um, and he talked about why they went closed source. It was because they could. it was functionally becoming impossible for them to keep the doors open. They had to close source it because otherwise their company would cease to exist because all the IP that they were producing was quite literally being stolen. And he wholeheartedly expected that because they were patenting things that it would get stolen. And to his legacy, as soon as E3D has been granted a patent, it is public on their website for anybody to see and they have made a decree that they are not going to go after people that are doing it for research or education purposes but you must get approval so that they i i presume they're going to provide basically a free license to people that are doing it for education and they have left the cold side the cold side being the heat sink portion of it here completely open source um so that anybody can make an adaption and their plan is to work with Companies, and they already have, to produce cold sides that fit their printer stock. And I think that that is exactly kind of in what I want out of this industry. But it seems like the larger companies are just wanting to patent, 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 patent. Why is it that they want to do that so much rather than really push for a broad, open spectrum community? (laughs)
1: capitalism i mean
0: yeah i walked into that question didn't i
1: every company wants to control as much of the world as it can that's their job a corporation exists solely to become a monopoly that's it that that is that is why you know functionally they'll never admit it they'll never say it but functionally every corporation wants to become a monopoly at what it is they do that's true. That, that's that's how it works. I'd love to be right? the only
0: guy that does three D printing, but the chat is clearly edu- is clearly evidence that that's not the thing.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, that's why they do it. They do it to stifle competition. That is that's that is the sole reason for the most part. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's other there's other reasons. You know, if you're trying to exit your company when you're looking for someone to buy your company, having a whole patent portfolio is a good thing, right? It's you assets. Know, it's, it's, it's assets you know, on the books. Yeah, exactly. So uh, there's it's a simple answer, and the simple answer is capitalism.
0: That's funny. Many moons ago, we, we spoke with uh, a, another IP attorney, hilariously, David Stein. He specifically does work for very large companies, you know, four-letter companies that make uh, entertainment products. There's only a few of them. And uh, he also does a ton of work in the oil and gas industry, and he found that the way they do it is kind of the best they patent everything, but they provide affordable licenses. Normally it's a $1 license to the people that they want to, they literally to their own competition so that the industry itself can continue to grow. But when it comes time for them to sell or comes time for them to do something that IP is still retained on the books, that patent is still retained on the books, but it doesn't stifle the the, the, the upward mobility of the market. I wish that we could see something like that here. No,
1: you, you kind of don't, because here's here's I why. You ready for this okay. one? Yeah. Who's gonna buy uh, a mid-range oil company that uses a bunch of $1 licensed prior art from a very large oil company? You're either going to sell your business to that very large oil company that gave you those very, very cheap licenses, right? or somebody, a third company is gonna take an awful, awful risk. What happens if those licenses don't get renewed? That's fair. Right? Now you got you know a very large oil company with another very large oil company and they're not gonna renew those licenses for a dollar. So basically what's happening is under the guise of fostering oh, whatever, <laughs> they're literally just setting up, yeah, we're, we're either gonna buy your business or you're not going to sell to anybody else.
0: Yeah, they, 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 they <laughs> by offering the cheap licenses, they have the smaller companies buy the balls. That's exactly I, right. In my head, the idea was that so these small companies could take that IP, innovate on it, create their own patents, and then, you know, lather it. But still and that VP. prior art.
1: So, you know, the risk that another company would take buying things that are based on all the first company's $1 license prior art is that I wouldn't buy that. I wouldn't tell my client to buy that company because the other companies has got you by the short Aries.
0: So like, okay, uh, for lack of a better term, how the actual hell can we allow innovation in a reasonably open standard, but keep the bad actors out?
1: Socialism? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, in a capitalist world, there's no way to do that. There just isn't right. Everything's driven by money and everything's driven by protecting the things that make you money. So I didn't know that we were going to go down this socialist numhole, but it, it, at the end of the day, there's no way to stop it for real. Uh, we've just hit it. The tipping point was, you know, with the robber barons in 18, like that was the tipping point. Like at that point, there was no way we were really like once once Tesla sold out and Edison sold out and we're, we're done. There's it's just not we're past that those days. They're not coming back again. Um
0: Planned obsolescence is a whole other talk as well (laughs) regarding intellectual property and how that works. And I, it it blows my mind because I guess this industry has kind of lived in a bubble for so long. I guess like the RepRap project started right around 2006, 2008 is is when most people kind of credit it. 3D printing was first patented. The patent was filed in 82, granted in 84. Orwell is rolling in his grave. Um, because of the, the things that are occurring with this industry. But since 2008, that's when I got involved, the industry has been so open, very, very little on the capitalist side, right? Because it's the bubble of the consumer prosumer market. Now that we're seeing companies have a suicidal race, the bottom for price, capitalism is all of a sudden coming into play. Here's...
1: Here's my take on that. It's not just your industry, it's every industry. Until there is a cheap, effective way for uh, mass commercialization of a product, the big companies don't care. So you can have this wonderful utopian relationship with your community until there is a way in whatever industry it is. You know, we saw, there's so many industries you can watch this trend in, right? But until there was a way to make this cheaply and effectively, the big companies didn't care. But now there is, and now it's, there's money. There's, ooh, there's a lot of money to be made here. Let's copyright everything. Let's patent everything and, you know, keep all the, keep all the revenue for ourselves, right? Yeah. Like nobody wanted anything to do with electric cars until there was like, okay, maybe we can make some money doing this.
0: It wasn't until they got sexy, right? The, the, the Chevy EV1, which is not the first electric car. Porsche made the first electric car back in the early 1900s i'm not even going to get into this today just i i can but i'm not going to um the chevy ev1 is basically credited of being the first consumer grade electric vehicle except the inventor of it does not exist anymore the man vanished there's a whole set of you know did d- d- did somebody have them off? what happened then Tesla comes around with the first Roadster, not the one that they did the world's most expensive marketing video of by literally sending it up in a rocket. Like that is, that is quite literally big dick energy right there. What are we going to do to market our company? We're going to send a car into space. <laughs> and nobody at some point said, why don't we just not do this? They just did it. And they put a guy inside it with a bunch of cameras. Why? marketing but it, it wasn't until electric vehicles got sexy that people started to see them it wasn't until climate change i was gonna say global warming had to correct myself climate change it's not until climate change has become so dire that large companies are effectively unable to ignore it that hybrids have become sexy the porsche 918 spider has got to be one of the best looking cars on the market The, uh, Ferrari LaFerrari, which is the... Anyways, both hybrids, incredibly fast. The hybrid is not to save fuel. (laughs) It's not there to save fuel. It's there because they're required to do it by law. There... It it upsets me that the industries outside of the 3D printing industry seem very much to be... We're going to find every way we can to get around the the rules and regulations where the three D printing industry is like what rules and regulations we're just kind of here to make stuff we're gonna ignore the microplastics we're gonna ignore the landfill concerns but we got cardboard spools now so we're definitely being more environmentally friendly right <laughs> it, it it's I, I don't get it I I I, it, I, I have this hard. why can't everyone just get along but then I remember politics. It's capitalism. not
1: even politics. It's it's capitalism. Uh, at the end of the day, my wife laughs at me. She she laughs at me all the time. I bite the hand that feeds every day. I I think corporations are the biggest evil of our time, and the As fact an LLC, that,
0: I feel a little hurt, but yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I I've, I own five, so yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but LLCs are different than corporations. Um, Fair corporations, you know, yeah, you can find them, but it's really hard to put a corporation in jail
0: look i i am over here saying my goal this year is to is to make enough money to have a w2 okay like that's literally my goal this year i you know my my goal is not to make a billion dollars honestly at some point earlier out of the year it was break even would be nice this year um because yeah that's because if you don't break even enough you have a hobby according to the irs you don't have a business um it, it is it, getting started into your own business—that's that that's a whole other discussion too—and and <laughs> the things there. Like, I don't have 3DM trademarked. That's something I need to do. Um, because I couldn't afford it. And if I, even if I want to afford it now, I'm gonna pay for it myself. Uh, but it, it is, uh, yeah, duff. The paper straws wrapped in plastic. Uh, wham-bam systems saying it is tough. As soon as they came out with their mutant product, the mutant is a quick change setup. So if I wanted to take the 3D printer head off and put on a pen. CNC milling head. I could literally just take it off, put it on, click it, lock it, boom. All the electrical connections are there using pogo pins. It all just works. Question
1: for Wham-Bam systems, right? Where Where are those things being manufactured and shipped from?
0: We both know that. We both know the answer to that question. You don't even have to ask that question. We both know the answer to that question. They got, so their IP issue is actually from the community the community is not stealing it the community is poo-pooing them because they have a patent and this industry is open source all the things but they clearly knew that if they if they closed sourced it they applied a patent they could at least try try yeah could try
1: and, and that, i mean that's that that is the right thing to do at the eventually Eventually, we're either all going to speak Chinese or we're all going to be, you know, eventually there's going to be one system for everything. We hope.
0: Oh, there he he gave us the the straight answer. China in our factory, unabashedly two American partners and one Taiwanese partner. So two American
1: partners, you got, you got, there are things you can do for the two American partners, just, just to be clear. That's fair. You're never going to touch the Chinese part. You're just not, Right. Unless you're willing to throw hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars at it. And even then, you got to hire Chinese attorneys who may or may not be effective.
0: Well, it appears they own the factory. So at least that does something. You have to obviously be be careful of people taking molds or things like that away. But if you own the factory, that does give you some level of, of control. Just nowhere near as much as you would want. N- yeah. Nowhere near as much as you get from domestic. But the problem is, doing things domestically is for some cost prohibitive
1: yeah what are are we not discussing carl
0: (laughs) oh yeah uh hilariously i was just about to get into that so thanks thanks carl for 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 the (laughs) uh, for the movement um yeah bamboo bamboo labs bamboo labs uh xdji employees made a 3d printer ostensibly the most popular 3d printer in the past two weeks it was a kickstarter raised just a hair under seven million dollars on kickstarter uh it's fast um, a part that would take four hours on a, one of the Prusas behind me takes 35 40 minutes so very 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 fast i have some concerns from a business standpoint regarding support and all that but the big thing is their software. It is built upon open source. And that requires based on the licensing that they publish their source code. They have not. And Joseph Prusa, the man behind the printers you see behind me, Prusa research printers. They don't pay me. I wish they did. Cause I've sold enough of their printers. <laughs> Please pay me. Uh, Shane, just say anyways. Um, P- Joe Prusa called them out on Twitter, like not even offhanded. No, no, straight called them out and said, "You," it- it laughed about how their um their data collection was still in there. And somebody in Bamboo that was doing the development clicked send, send to send the records to Prusa <laughs> somewhere way long ago in the product development chain. So they've known for months that there is a a product that's going to be coming out that is using their software. The source code clearly shows that it's PrusaSlicer, but they have not come out with any of the source files in gross violation of Creative Commons. But as far as any of us can tell, Creative Commons is just Slap on the resident Well, <laughs> there's a new phone. Creative Commons
1: is. is not going to, there, there's no, they don't have any enforcement authority, right? Mm-hmm. So what it is, is it's a license. You have a license in your product. You have to sue somebody for breaching your license. And what I've just posted in the chat is where where uh, Bamboo is registered. So uh, good luck with that one. Good luck with suing them in uh, Shenzhen to uh, get your gate. Oh, did you, you know.
0: try to post a link?
1: Oh, I did. Sorry. It wasn't a link. It was just, it was just the registered stuff.
0: It, it, I I here. I'll make you a mod so you can post links while you're here. Got um, it. Because other otherwise, yeah. I, so you know, we had some bad actors try to post links in the oh, chat. So gotcha. I had to remove the ability for people to post links in the chat. <laughs> um, yeah, as Andrew says, Creative Commons is an honor system. Yeah. Good luck enforcing it. But what Prusa can do and do very well is shame the hell out of them. Um, sure. And unfortunately, the average user doesn't seem to give a shit. The average user just wants a cheap 3D printer. They want a cheap 3D scanner. They don't want to deal with any of the, you know, legal riffraff. They don't want to, they don't even want to think ethically or morally. They just want something cheap. It's why I've been banned from two 3D scanning Facebook groups. (laughs) Mind you, Facebook is a cesspool, so I don't really give a shit. But it is one of those cases of, oh my God, you people literally banned me. Because I disagreed with you that creality should not that Creality is not supposed to win this lawsuit. That they, <laughs> they were cheering of the fact that Creality found a way out of the lawsuit. And I said, that's not okay. You're you're cheering because a company is blatantly violating a law and hiding behind a loophole because of a country.
1: They want what they want. I, I mean it's and, the same reason Americans don't care about privacy law. I want my cheaping. I want it quickly. I want my television for $200 that probably costs $200 to make, but the data mine that they're going to the information they're going to mine from it makes up for that loss that they're taking on the television, selling it to you.
0: I have to do something real quick. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, if I say, Hey, Alexa, set an alarm for two 30 in the morning, how many of you are going to hate me? Or I say, okay, Google set an alarm for two 30 in the morning. I had to go, the clock that's next to me, I had to turn its microphone off. And yes, <laughs> you all can hate me for that. See, it just said the mic's back on. Because I knew that if I said that, my damn clock's going to ring at 2.30 in the morning. And if any of you don't think that's a privacy concern, you're out of your damn minds. And you should do, like what myself and quite a few others do. You have a dedicated network for your Internet of Things devices that cannot talk to anything else on your network, that mine data, right? Okay, Android phone users. Um you know Apple users they're mining your data. Yes. data security is something that the u s doesn't care about, and I agree with you, Seth. I don't know why
1: it because we're we've been commercialized, we've been marketed to uh and we want these convenience items from a in a very deep visceral level. We want convenience over anything else really i mean that that's really all there is to it. I used to be. In a in a different life, I was general counsel for a company that was a secure application, right? Mm-hmm. It was secure apps. Um, I can't, I'm not gonna name it, but it literally was the app that SEAL team six used. Cool. And we could not commercialize it because nobody cared. No one in the United States cared. We could not commercialize the app, not even for a dollar a month.
0: SAS, the 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 <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on Reddit, obviously, and the amount of SaaS businesses that I see in the, you know, small business subreddits, it, it upsets me because all you're really doing is just taking open source code, adding a little bit of herbs and spices, not 11, because that would obviously be violating something, but you're adding some herbs and spices to it and you're putting it out there for X amount of money a month. Adobe, I'm looking at you. Fusion 360 and autodesk i'm looking at you solidworks zbrush i'm looking at all of you because you guys have just decided that i i don't know that I, 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 that's a rant for another day uh, <laughs> brian brian vine said grant a handful of us with the bamboo review units of course bv3d congratulations on sixty thousand subscribers by the way brian congratulations that just cool. happened uh, i think yesterday um they've been pestering bamboo bamboo to release source code and the current word is coming soon that's not how it's supposed to work. That's not how it's supposed to work. But I bet if they actually release it, everyone's going to say, oh yeah, we're cool now. They're not going to talk about how long it took. They're not going to talk about the fact that they were in violation for a while. It, yeah. As, as Brian says, it doesn't absolve them from not having it available already.
1: Here's a fun question that I always ask people when they're, when we're negotiating a contract and they tell me something about the teeth, do you know what the teeth of a contract? it's, it's what, I ask if a contract has teeth, it is, what do you get if the other party breaches or what do you have to pay? What are the teeth that make a penalty worthwhile, right? What are the teeth in Creative Commons licenses? What are the penalties? None.
0: Nothing. It's... I, in our industry, in the 3D printing industry, it is um, getting shunned. Basically, it is, it's getting called out and being called a bad actor. And if you're lucky, you can move past it. But, like the saltiness that exists from people like brian vines got a printer for review that is quite expensive i mean i get the snap makers more expensive but these printers are expensive the companies are paying a lot of money to send them and the things that we have to say is you need to fix this or you know we can't do a review on it you know we we got to have an answer to this it is there's so much yeah. It is, it's difficult because the companies don't seem to understand that there are rules because no, they they just
1: don't care. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's really what it comes down to.
0: Like Duff says, there's no teeth, just like the last hammer drill bit he's using.
1: <laughs> you know, it, when I draft my contracts, there's, Hey, here's your penalty. Every day you're in violation is, you know, a thousand bucks or every whatever.
0: <laughs> i wish i wish i wish i wish i wish uh i i unfortunately i don't so okay how can we change this how can we look at building a creative commons that actually has penalties
1: so draft one say this this is what applies or say this is my version of creative cloud and, and draft if you are relatively intelligent and can read and write you can change one sentence in a Creative Commons license that says, hey, the penalty, by the way, is blah for every day you're in violation. There is there is your unique license for your product. It, it surprises and astounds me that that isn't already a thing.
0: Peter, I know you're in here. We should talk about this. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a part of a group called for me we are working on a multitude of things but one of them is trying to set kind of a standard for the way things are done in this industry and for me i am very 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 um adamant about having the ability to share openly but also be able to keep the bad actors out and this penalty but like how do you force them to pay how do you force them to pay the penalty
1: so now we're back to are they chinese good luck with that yeah but are they a U.S. company ripping off? Like, like I forget who it was, William or somebody said, if they're a U.S. company, that's a, that's a violation of a contract. Even if it's a Creative Commons license that's mildly edited, it's still a contract that that company has engaged in to use your IP. It's a contract breach.
0: Yep. I. It, it, it's. I'm obviously frustrated. I'm frustrated because there's no good answer. There's there's no good answer that's going to keep, like, all the good people, just do it. Because we abide by the simple rule in life. My dad has given me two rules in life. And I've talked about this a lot. Rule number one, don't be a dick. Rule number two, if you're going to be a dick, be a big one. And always abide by rule number one. Unless the other party starts by rule number two. And then you just meet rule number two with rule number two.
1: And then you both go to jail. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Rule number. But...
1: Yeah, I, I, I,
0: there isn't an answer, is there? no,
1: no, there isn't. And it's you have to make your peace with that. Otherwise, you'll go crazy. I mean, it, it is what it is. This is the world we live in. And the best you can do is get good advice and be a reasonable human being. Like, know know that you don't know everything and know that that uh reasonableness is going to get you farther than than uh it, it, willing idiocy or intentional ignorance right there's a lot of people or a lot of clients or prospective clients that come to me and they know what they want to do is not right they know they you absolutely know it too. I, I, <laughs> right they know i know mm-hmm. and I, you know, my reply is you are you are willfully ignorant of what's going on here. And that's in the United States. That is not a uh, that, that is not an excuse. That's not a legal excuse. It's not anything. Right. So just try to do the right thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have a summary here.
0: <laughs> than, it, but there isn't one. Yeah. Right. There, there can't be an easy way to sum up all of the problems that we have in this industry right so many times we've seen you know people use open source not attribute it not talk about it we've many a time seen patents being ripped off and stolen we've seen companies clone each other for the sole purpose of being dicks we've seen patented products like um the slice engineering mosquito get ripped off by companies uh like fetus right is it fetus pretty sure it was fetus and then they come to an agreement all of a sudden they're kind of like friends i don't know that relationship is really complicated well,
1: because there's money involved now and they're paying each other so of course they're friends
0: that's fair right a- watching the I'll tell you the company off stream, but I, I never want to say their name. It's a certain geometric company based in China. Everyone that's in the 3D printing industry knows exactly who I'm talking about. Their, their company name is a geometric shape. Um, if you post it in the chat, I will remove it because I do not want to give them uh, credit. They've been knocking off E3D hotends for years. This is one of their knockoffs. And I'll tell you, you won't know the difference if I put it into your printer other than the fact that it's a different color. What you will know is that you're not supporting... A company that cares. You're not supporting an industry of open source. You're not supporting an industry of makers. And like others, I made the mistake before I understood what I was doing. I didn't properly understand who I was hurting. I didn't understand that they were hurting E3D. That's the problem. I don't think that the average consumer understands that by buying a clone, you're stealing food from somebody else and maybe yeah. that's what we need to do is better talk about that when you buy from you know when you buy a bontech extruder clone you're stealing money from bontech and sure it might be a quarter of the cost I don't care spend the money and get the right thing because otherwise you're not supporting the companies that support you
1: it's the same it's the same concept as think globally act locally. Right? you know, patronize local businesses, patron, do your research. People hate doing research.
0: People but Seth, when I can go on Amazon and buy it from God knows where for $10 a kilo, why would I support the local company that's hiring local people, paying taxes locally for $20 a kilo?
1: Surely some of the gold that dragon is sleeping on will trickle down to us.
0: <laughs> you know, that's funny because the big thing in this industry has been the articulated dragon 3d prints lately so that is a very on point statement that i don't think you knew how on point it might have also been but yes it, it it's not going to trickle down ladies and gentlemen this isn't trickle down economics it didn't work back then and it ain't working now <laughs> I yeah. seth thank you I, it, hopefully this gets to the people that need to see it hopefully this can open the eyes of some that haven't understood it so much. And anytime you want to come back on, man, I would love to have you on. I I...
1: got it. No problem. And let me, let me end with something hopeful, right? Okay. The hopeful part is if you're a small business, unless you are trying to retire wealthy with hundreds of millions of dollars, a lot of this is inapplicable, right? A lot of this is, you can run your small business and you can build it with, with grassroots and word of mouth, and you're going to be all right. Even if people are uh, ripping you off because you're going to be a face. You're going to, you're going to provide a phone for support. Mm -hmm. You're going to be, you know, known for making good products and reliable products. So don't get, don't let any of this conversation stop you from running your own business or starting your own business or trying to do what your passion is.
0: If anything, let this motivate you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of the issues we're talking about only become issues when you hit the the million dollar mark, right? When you're making a million, when you got a product that's selling for a million or whatever. If you're running a small business and all of your business is word of mouth and organic, um, a lot of it is not applicable and you can still make a decent living and follow your passion without, you know, having it crushed by the awful, awful weight of capitalism.
0: <laughs> Remember, if you're in a business, it is not to be nice to others. It is not to do. It's not to do anything other than make money. And if you're a publicly traded company, you have a fiduciary duty to make money. Uh, it, it. Yes, I have a for-profit business. That means I want to make money. The goal of this YouTube channel is to one day support itself. Um, <laughs> but if any of you didn't think that this is also going to be a marketing plan for my 3d printing my 3d scanning boy i wonder why he always segues to himself as a sponsor because we don't have sponsors yet hey hey, you might
1: want to hire seth polanski law for something (laughs) yeah
0: you know seth post all your links in the chat because you 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 have mod abilities you can do that where everybody can find you um i posted your website is is in the description but anywhere that people can find you please shout it shout it out say hi to anyone you want and all of that um (laughs) But seriously dude, I I think this is the talk that we needed to have when we needed to have it. So thank you for spending time on a random Sunday in July <laughs> talking to me about about a really about a really weird industry that is likely going to be a massive pain in your ass moving forward.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> it really is. This industry is kind of designed <laughs> to avoid patents <laughs> but that's okay all oh, wexler says damn i missed it i'm gonna have to watch the whole thing later that's right you know oh shit we didn't even talk about fan art
1: uh here i'll, I'll give you the you got, i'll give you, you got a couple seconds. minutes for that I, I i teach fan art in some of my seminars all right i wish i could see all of your faces right now when i say fan art is illegal period if i paint spider-man and i hang it in my bathroom the infringing act is me painting Spider-Man. If nobody ever sees it, if I never sell it, the infringing act is me creating that thing. Okay. Just to be clear. Uh,
0: that's really all there is to... to say about fan art. It is an infringement. Well, here, you cannot... Go ahead. here's a follow-up then. If I print it, but I didn't design it. Who's is everyone just the bad actor there? Well, how did you get it? Uh, I supported a creator, and in supporting them, they release files to their supporters. We don't so think you have a
1: license. You have a license to print that. If he gave it to you, it might not be a contract or whatever, but there's an oral or a. It's kind of an contract.
0: understanding. It's implied. No,
1: I mean, if, if a judge looked at that, it, there there's absolutely a contract there. You gave this person money or whatever, you supported their Kickstarter, their Patreon and they gave you something in return. There's a transaction, you got a license. That's that's all there is to it. I would never, ever, ever in a million years suggest that you try to enforce an oral or non-written contract without an attorney's help, but they exist. If you show up at my door on a snowy day and you're 12 years old and you want $5 to, to shovel my driveway and I give you that $5, we have a contract. Right. It's not written, but we have an absolute contract. It's fair. Let's say I am a former president and I want to give somebody some money to not talk
0: about an affair I had with them. That's a contract. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that happened. Maybe. Allegedly. Allegedly. Right. Allegedly. <laughs> right. Uh, OK, so, yeah, there are a lot of creators that do fan art. Right. They either give it away or it's kind of somewhat behind a paywall of Patreon. Um, Myself included. We kind of just look past it. I do them for myself. I mean, I'll post them on social media, but oh, otherwise, I do them for myself, it,
1: right? If you don't, if you don't sell it or or display it, who's gonna know? Right? Like, <laughs> right?
0: right? I'm sorry. You the comment like, from Brian Vines, "Damn, the weather's getting stormy," It's just beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god.
1: Well, I use that example to explain that you can engage in a contract to stop somebody from talking about something, like non-disclosure agreements, right? I guarantee you. Part of that case that we were talking about earlier with some people who took the source code, that's a breach of non disclosure. Oh, absolutely it is. Right.
0: And if there wasn't one, they screwed up by not having one. Yeah. Um Prima Neutrina, good friend of the channel, was asking, is cosplay illegal?
1: No, it is not.
0: Um Britt's in here too. Hey, Britt.
1: Yeah. So that's that that that's a good exception. That's there are plenty of ways to explain that from a fair use exception. It, it's a longer conversation I think we'd have now. Yeah. But I will say that uh, certain things are, if you are on Etsy and you're trying to sell Thor's hammer for your cosplay, guess what? Your violation. You will see a lot of cosplayers or Etsy stores or EBA stores or whatever that sell these things. A hammer in the style of Thor's hammer or whatever, right? So you can buy those things and have them. Yeah, cosplay is very much like uh, a parody, right? And it's the reason they're not going to enforce it because there's nothing to recover. There is absolutely nothing for Disney to recover by suing someone who shows up as Iron Man. What they do have something to recover is somebody who's selling Iron Man helmets without them being licensed. And that's why I mentioned, you know, looking at you Etsy sellers. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But they don't seem to care.
1: They do, but there's just, it's just not cost effective. And as long as they do one, so don't be that one example a year so that they don't lose their IP. Right? I was going to
0: say, what if, if they don't sue
1: everybody? Yeah. So there's always one or two examples a year. So they don't run the risk of losing the the IP.
0: And I, I I do have to agree with Prima here. She said that she feels that cosplay in a lot of cases promotes the source media similar to the fan art. Does it too? But the fan art is very clearly like just straight knockoffs.
1: I uh, I, I have a comment on that and you're not going to like it, but it's true. I've tried to use that before, right? Like, hey, we're promoting your stuff. Disney pays a lot of people, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars a year to be marketing professionals for them. They do not need you, nor do they want you unless they have utter iron control over their brand and the message that's being promoted, right? Like I, I get the argument. It's a logical argument to make, but when you step back and take a look at it, they pay a lot of people a lot of money for marketing and they, they, they don't need you.
0: It's true. It's very true. Seth, again, thank you. I, I could go, I could go on about this for hours, but I, I know your time is very valuable and I don't want to take up too much of it. Um, now there's so many other things like the, the, the Tiki room statue that Disney copied from a guy, but it,
1: I've heard about that.
0: This is everything. It comes down to, it is nuanced. It's complicated. And when in doubt, get an attorney.
1: And remember, I am not your attorney. Do not rely on anything I say to your detriment or otherwise. If you'd like to have an engagement letter, that's fine. But until then, I am not your attorney.
0: <laughs> yet. That's how you should say I am not your attorney yet. That That is probably the right way to say these. That would be a, that'd be funnier for me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seth, again, thank you so much for your time. Guys, t- take a look Thanks, at recommend. everything that Seth is doing. Um, you know, obviously, post again because the chat's gone gone very far away from it um but yeah guys go take a look at what seth is doing go uh watch his movies on amazon and uh you're gonna be launching a kickstarter soon is that right
1: the kickstarter will be uh just in a week or two we are kickstarting a magic the gathering documentary we have just finished filming we've got uh peter atkinson who owned Wizard- wizards uh richard garfield who created the game oh damn tons of people that work for the company now tons of people that worked for the company back then uh cosplayers uh all kinds of fun stuff and uh i'm looking forward to getting it out in the public it was supposed to be out before covid but then covid happened and all of our shooting shut down for two years
0: yeah you so, know that's only slowed things down it a little is called
1: bit. igniting the spark i should probably put that in the chat
0: you probably <laughs> should but share it with me when it's live and i'll make sure you know, to remind people that they just spent two hours hanging out with us. The least they could do is kick a couple of bucks to help you out Mm -hmm. because that's that's going to be a lot of fun. I will definitely be a backer of it. I don't play Magic. I I don't need another expensive hobby. Um, I clearly already have one that I'm trying to turn into a business. So I don't like it's why I haven't gone down the minis yet. Haven't gone down that road. Haven't started learning how to paint. Nope. Don't want to do any of that shit. I, I, I will stick to, to just doing 3D printing. But Seth, seriously, dude, thank you so much for your time. Right, man. Um, we will have to talk again sometime soon. Thank you. Do you know? I, I don't think sure. you know my outro, but I'll ask if you do. I don't. It is all good. This has been season two, episode 44 of the Making Awesome podcast. Stay safe out there. Don't forget to call your loved ones. And as always, keep making awesome. Have a good one.